Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
This is your boy Chills. Welcome to another episode of Skybox. What is happening? This is your boy DC People's Chef, the most electrifying man in internet radio. How y'all doing? Chat, what it do? You know what it is. You know what it do, Chills. We ready to talk some sports. We got a lot to talk about, man. Yeah, we do. Let's get into it. Well, we can definitely get into it. We're going to start with our our ever ever fabulous pick, uh, quick three. Uh, tonight's quick three will begin with the most one of the most outspoken men in all of basketball, basically not missing any words about the state of the NBA. Uh, Charles Barkley has come out publicly and has said that the the state of the NBA is quote awful, and also in his words. Terrible. Um, according to a story on FoxSports.com, um, the NBA Hall of Famer hasn't been shy in voicing his opinion about the uh, about the top team in the league right now, the Golden State Warriors, and the state of the NBA. Uh, on Wednesday, he doubled down on his criticism of the league as a whole, also allowing that Steph Curry squad is one of the only things worth watching. Um, he made an appearance on ESPN's Mike and Mike and admitted that if the game doesn't feature one of the top four or five teams in the NBA, he's not paying attention, saying, quote, I think that people are overreacting. I think that Cleveland still has a chance at winning the championship. Uh, first, of, first of all, I want to thank the Golden State Warriors because it's been very awful basketball this season, awful. I mean, just bad. If you think about it, and no, and I'm not no old guy hating, but unless Golden State is playing the Clippers, Cavs, Oklahoma City, the Spurs, I'm not going to watch a full NBA basketball game, end quote. So, basically, Sir Charles is uh, not a fan of anything else basketball unless it has to do with the Golden State Warriors. We're going to talk about Golden State and their, their superstar, uh, Steph Curry, later on in the show. But, essentially... Sir Charles feels as though if it ain't got anything to do with the Golden State Warriors, he is not interested at all. That's that's pretty. That's a pretty harsh. That's a pretty harsh criticism from from that from that man. Um, Honestly, I I can't really, I can't even call it harsh because I mean I understand. I mean I, he mentioned the Warriors and also he mentioned any of the top four teams. Like I mean, outside of Golden State, San Antonio, maybe OKC and Cleveland. I mean, who else is there really to watch? I mean, you have Houston who is struggling. You have the Wizards who are trying to get it back. You have no other real team to look at in the East. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Celtics are looking great. But I mean, outside of them in Toronto, I mean that's pretty much your entire Eastern Conference. The West, I mean, OKC is still entertaining to an extent. Houston isn't the same squad. The Clippers are starting to look better, but they're still not prime time. They're still not prime time to me yet. So I understand where Charles Barkley is coming from, and what he said is not harsh. It's pretty much the truth. There you go. I say we're gonna talk about Steph Curry are and, not what they used to be. Very true. Like I said, we're gonna talk about Steph Curry and uh the Golden State Warriors and I got I mean, I saw the game that they had on Saturday night and I got I got some words about that. Uh but we'll get into that later. Uh our second story on the quick three has to do with uh ESPN baseball analyst Kurt Schilling, uh the former multiple time Cy Young Award winner. Uh, made some very, very harsh comments about current Democratic uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. Now, a memo was sent back in January to all ESPN's uh, talent about not uh, being careful about the comments they make about politics. Well, um, in an interview on a Kansas City radio station on Tuesday, Schilling went on, went on a record and said that Clinton should be, quote, buried under a jail somewhere, referencing the email scandal that uh, the former Secretary of State dealt with. He said on the radio interview, quote, I hope she does go to jail. 
if I'm going to believe, and I don't have any reason not to believe, that she gave classified information on hundreds, if not thousands, of emails on a public server after what happened to General Petraeus, she should be buried under a jail somewhere. Uh, ESPN um, told CNN's Frank uh, Pallotta on Wednesday that they are addressing the situation. Now, remember, Schilling has made some very controversial uh, comments about a, a multitude of topics, uh, especially political uh, topics. Uh, last August, he was removed from ESPN broadcast after setting a tree comparing Muslims to Nazi-era Germans. Uh, back in November 2014, he engaged in a lengthy argument with Twitter users debating the theory of evolution. Um, all, I mean, he's just... It's just how, how he, that's just how he rolls. And apparently in September, Kurt Schiller donated $250 to the campaign of Republican Ben Carson, who uh, on Wednesday dropped out of the race for presidency. So ESPN is looking into Kurt Schilling's comments, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be something that's going to go down when it comes to Mr. Schilling and his punishment uh, very soon. So... The man was a very hard-nosed player on the on the field, but it seems like he can't get it straight behind the scenes. Uh. Now, the third and final story on our quick three today, another announcement, another inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame has been announced, and the, no, the newest inductees, not inductee, but inductees, would be... It was going to be the legendary tag team out of the South, the Fabulous Freebirds. The Fabulous Freebirds revolutionized tag team wrestling when they came up with the legendary Freebird rule, whereas in as tag team champions down in the Southern Territories, they would pick any two of their three to four people in their group to defend those tag team championships. Uh, Monday, they, it was announced that they would be entering the uh, 2006 uh, the Hall of Fame as a part of the class of 2016. The original team was comprised, of course, of Michael P.S. Hayes, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, and Buddy Jack Roberts. Uh, they grew, they drew a lot of heat during their uh, time during the late 70s and 80s due to their very controversial style. Michael P.S. Hayes was the most charismatic of the group. Um, they were based out of world-class championship wrestling and, again, held their tag team championships um, and uh, just a very legendary, legendary tag team. Uh, of course, uh, Terry, uh, the only surviving member of the original Fabulous Freebirds lineup is uh, Michael Hayes. Uh, Gordy passed away in 2001 after suffering from a heart attack, while Roberts, passed away in 2012 after complications from pneumonia. Uh, Jimmy Garvin, who was later added to the group, uh, he is still alive. Uh, He retired from wrestling in 1994 and now works as an airline transportation, uh, as an airline transportation uh, pilot, transport pilot. So um, there's a a possibility that he could be a part of the uh, induction with Michael P.S. Hayes. Yeah, it's a strong possibility. I mean, who else is going to really want to go up there with Michael Hayes to accept, well, pretty much accept the uh, induction into the Hall of Fame? I mean, I mean, like I said, this is, not, this they is got not one person. This is not one person going there. This is a tag This is a tag team. Yep. Or a stable one, most people have. <laughs> Think about it that the Freebirds and their Freebird rule basically was the, uh, the 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 origins of what ended up being the Wolfpack rule in the er- in the early days of the NWO and WCW, where Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Shaw Waltman, then known as Six Six Pac, would alternate who would be defending the tag team championships, and then there was even a tease about the New Day. Uh, working on the the Fabulous Freebird rule as um, their current run as tag team champions. So the Fabulous Freebirds were definitely innovators when it came down to uh, working at, when it came down to it. So 
Congratulations to them. They will join uh, the icon, the franchise known as Sting, as well as the Godfather in making their way into the Hall Halls of the WWE Hall of Fame. As everybody knows, the Hall of Fame will take place the night before WrestleMania in April in Dallas. So that's your quick three for this evening. Oh, man. Uh, that was a good quick three. Uh, I want to actually send a, a shout-out. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs clinched their 19th consecutive playoff berth with the, with the loss from the Utah Jazz. That's pretty impressive. Um, speaking of the Spurs, they ju- I just watched them pretty much beat on the Detroit Pistons. I mean, honestly, that's that wouldn't be a primetime game. I mean, the Spurs are a primetime team, but the Pistons are not. I mean, they pretty much gave them a squash match, if you will. I mean, the Pistons are one game over 500 versus a team that's 51-9. and nine. Yeah, that yeah, mismatch. Mismatch, but I mean, but I de- but the one, the one thing I want to talk about, I, the one thing I want to, I just want to just put out there is, Steph Curry's not human. This man was not all. human. Did you see his performance against OKC Saturday night? First of all, this fool shot. He breaks his own. Three point record that he's that he's broken on several occasions. He uh, his previous record was at eleven three pointers, and he comes out and breaks that with twelve. Yeah, and the twelve three pointers in a single one. game. The twelve one was the sweetest one. Oh, but it was. I mean, this is a this shot was almost. Half was a almost a half court shot. Like I mean, I'm just watching it. I mean, he's still practice. You might as well say he was on the part of the OKC logo. That's in the that's in the center of the court. He was at the very end of it, and he shoots a three. Like and look like he he did look like he it was just effortless. Like he just throw, put it up there and all of a sudden it said switch none but net. Let me let me break it down for you, Chills. I'm at the tender box and we're in the middle of a masquerade party. You know, luckily like mm-hmm. DJ put down the music because they were making announcements and stuff like that. And we were sitting there, it was a couple of us guys sitting up there watching the game and everything like that. We see Steph Curry get the ball off a rebound. He give the ball to him. He's just coming up the court, strolling. Next thing you know, he just pulls up and shoots the ball. We're just, and I'm just like, what, what? Next thing I know, it goes swish, and we're like, oh, no, he did. That entire, that entire tender, uh, tender box, tender bar. Yeah. I know that place erupted. I mean, it had to. I mean, come oh on. Just to see, I, mean, I mean, that play alone. Yeah. I mean, time and it happens over time. That's what makes it crazy. It happens yeah. overtime. I mean, it just proves how great Steph Curry really is. I mean, at this point in Steph's career, he is, he is the best player in the league. He's the best player in the world right now. People say he doesn't have the defense like LeBron, but Steph Curry is must-see TV. We. It's like now the first thing we think about the NBA is Steph Curry. He's the first thought we mentioned the NBA. The man is one of the most pure shooters out there. Like this dude has one of the purest shots ever. Like I said, when he put up that that twelve three pointer that he made to break his own record and to win that game in overtime in in hostile territory, mind you. It just looked effortless. It's like he didn't even fly. It looked like he was just like, meh, and just put it up in the air. And next thing you know, swish. And it was just like, where where did this dude come from? Where did he come from? I'm going to tell you something. I mean, go ahead. I'm going to ask you the question, Chills, because you, you know more about NBA than I do. 
Do you okay. think Golden State can beat Chicago? Do you think Golden State can beat the Bulls' record for most wins in the season? Do you think they can do it? As of right now, honestly, I think they can. I mean, they might us looking at the, the their remaining schedule. They still they have to pay they have to play the Spurs three more times. They still ha- I think they still have to play OKC. From trying to do this on memory, I mean their road ahead isn't that easy, but it can be done. I mean, okay. the cl- I mean I can see them at least tying the ninety five and ninety the ninety five ninety six Chicago Bulls record of seventy two wins, seventy two and ten. So I can see the Golden State Warriors tying that record. Because, I mean, San Antonio's going to give them hell in those three games. I, I see San Antonio winning at least two of them. Because two of them okay. are in San Antonio. Okay. So, I mean, they have a great chance. I don't know, man. I mean, the way they plan, I mean, like I said, OKC did kind of give them that work on Saturday night, but they managed to find a way to walk out of there with that with that victory, they I think they have a very very strong possibility of being the of making seventy three wins, making being a seventy three and nine team, and going into the record books. I mean, Steph Curry's already in the record books more times than I can count. Why not have that record I mean, in there and possibly repeat as as NBA champions? That's the only thing that counts, though, is if they can repeat yeah. as NBA champ because they can Here's break the, thing, the record. Though, I mean. I mean, this is a great thing. I mean, we all know that. We all we've seen it all season long. I mean, it's Steph Curry, it's it's Draymond Green. I mean, you getting the little you getting a little effort from Clay Thompson, which is enough for them to win. I mean, I'm not gonna say a little effort. He's doing his part as a contributing player. I mean, you have the rest of that Golden State bench and consists of Andre Iguodala. I mean, they have, they have, they have a lot of depth. This is a good team, but here's the thing: that road gets harder. I mean, in their past, this past, this past month, I've seen, I've seen them struggle against the Wizards. I've seen them struggle against OKC. I'm, and when I say struggle, actually have shootouts. Actually have games where they could have lost. A lot of teams have hung in there with them. They just fell short at the end. I mean, this is a great team to watch. They're entertaining. I mean, they're this is a team that you cannot match points with at the end of the day. That high scoring, you're not gonna match you're not gonna match them. I mean, I do see I do see them at least making it to seventy two and ten. Do I see them repeating? Uh, if they can survive seven games with the Spurs, then yes. Good, good analysis, boss. Good, good analysis. We'll have to keep an eye on that. You know, we're, you know, here on the Skybox, we'll definitely keep an eye on that and and keep you keep your breast of that, and just make sure you keep watching that because you know the NBA playoffs are fast, are approaching fast. And speaking yeah. of what's approaching fast, March Madness is approaching fast. Uh, the like there are some tournaments already going on right now, and um, as they determine who's going to enter the field to try to become national champion yet again. Um, so, what are, your, what are some of your predictions when it comes to this tournament coming up? Honestly, I'm I'm not sure. It's like because since. The fact we're in a era, we're in an era where there's not really a dominant team. You have some good teams, but you don't have that one dominant team. So it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, I don't even think, I don't, I don't even think three out of the four number one seeds going into the bracket will make the elite eight. I mean, that's, that's just bold, 
I mean, you look at the past few years, I mean, you pretty much see it. I see at least two number one seeds making it to the Elite Eight. That's the thing about March Madness. It's so unpredictable. I will say that there is a Cinderella team will will blow the world. (laughs) They will blow your brackets. Yeah, I mean, they will make you lose your shit. (laughs) The one thing about the one thing about the NCAA tournament is that there's so much parity. There's so you know, there's always that likelihood that you're gonna have, like you said, that Cinderella story. I mean, look at Valparaiso years ago. Look at Gonzaga years ago. I mean, you have those Cinderella teams that end up coming out of nowhere from those mid-major conferences that all of a sudden, as soon as they get in the tournament, they make that run, and they they knock off these big-name uh, schools from these big-time conferences and go on to the Elite Eight. And really, I mean, look at George Mason years ago as well. Had the entire area right. going crazy when they made that run in the tournament a few years ago. So, right now, I mean, you look at, if you, I'm pretty sure the bracket were to come out tomorrow, you really couldn't sit and pick who can, who would run through the, the tournament and make a run to the national championship. You really couldn't pick because anybody can. Somebody exactly. from the CIAA, hell, while like after that, Steph Curry uh, won that game for Golden State. They were showing um, my uh, the school I went to for a couple of years. Virginia State was in the CIAA championship. I don't know if they won or not, but they heck, they hell that team could end up being in the NCAA and end up making a run. You never know. You just never exactly. know what's gonna happen. It's not the situation where Roy Williams and North Carolina always getting in the tournament, running the table, or Duke or. Um, or uh, Syracuse, it's not like that anymore. Now you got to worry about these these small conference uh, teams because they could come in there and be like and just be world beaters. I mean that's possible. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's always that one Cinderella that can ruin an entire bracket. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. That's some, why. I actually want to bring somebody on real quick. Uh, seven, cool. eight, eight, nine. Welcome to the skybox. Well, hello, fellas. How are you all tonight? We're great. Hey, How are you? it's our hey. favorite caller. What's going on? Not too much, fellas. How are you all tonight? What's Shut going up. on? Me too. Great. I just got off work and listening to this whole thing about NCAA and Steph Curry. Like y'all said, the man's not human. I enjoy watching him more than any other player. And I really think that they can beat the Bulls' record from 95 and 96. It's possible, but like y'all said, San Antonio is going to give them one hell of a fight to make that happen. To make that happen. Yep. I mean, even if they do oh, yeah. lose three games to the first, those last those last three games to the Spurs, they still have mm-hmm. a chance to break that record. They really do. They just have to keep the chemistry that they've been having, and they'll be all right. Well, they well San Antonio has more of the defense than anything, yeah. but they both have the chemistry. Even though Steph Curry is not a not a defensive player, he's he's a scorer more than anything. He's a clinic. He is a one man wrecking crew. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't figure out a word, but. He is it's a perfect. he is a assassin. He's taking out everybody. He's taking out everybody in the five. And I how's can't wait. Kids? How's your kids? How's your wives? How's your husbands? He's shooting everybody out here. <laughs> Shit, hide the rim. He really is. Hide the rim. 
He's gonna. That's what you need to hide. Hide the rim. Put a crowbar on Give that. No <laughs> Give him no net. Give him no net. Cover up the top like they do at at the uh, sporting stores for the little uh, outdoor courts. Did y'all did y'all catch the um what West Westbrook was wearing on to pay homage to Wood Harris from above the rim? I saw that. Yeah. Did y'all see yeah. the jersey that he had on? Yeah, I did. And did y'all see the memes for that? Did y'all see the memes for that? That was insane. Gotta love did... the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no chill at all. Nope. That was a bad at all. Mm. There has been no chill yeah. for about I don't even know how many years. <laughs> Since memes weren't better. So, uh, so Carla, uh, do you have, can you, do you have a favorite to win the NCAA, NCAA tournament? Is there okay, anyone that is you this for men or for women? Win it for women. For, we're, we're all men. Okay. Now, I don't have a favorite right this second, but I have a feeling that um, I have a favorite. I do have a favorite. It's either I got Oregon and West Virginia. Okay. And I even got my one. Another top one that I have is in the running that could possibly take it all is my favorite team, UConn, which are twenty and nine for the season. Very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. UConn actually can't make a run out of it. I mean, hell, they win. It's like they win a championship every five years. UConn, absolutely. UConn, They've been my favorite team since I was a child. As far as the women's side, um, yeah, I'm gonna go UConn. Yep. <laughs> Um, they sorry. were unstoppable. They, they were got, unstoppable a few years they ago. They just got it on But lock. I think they still they got, got it. They still got it on lock. They still got it. They still got it on lock. Oh, like hell, they do. Uh, as badly as I want to say, Maryland women's. Uh, they they just. I don't want to say it. I want to say Maryland's women because UConn. Yeah, UConn has been the powerhouse on the women's side, but damn it. Brenda Freeze has that has the lady terms looking good, has been looking good for years. I think that Maryland will be the team that gives them that run gives them a run for their money. That's just what I'm saying. That would be that would be interesting to watch. UConn Honestly, and uh, Maryland. I say that year, I say that years ago. But somehow, some way they kept running into Notre Dame before they could make it to UConn. And Notre Dame they would get punished by out. Notre Dame. They would get punished. They, that means they wore them out two years in a row. They were just like they, they had no answers. They wore them out and hung them out the dryer. Like hell. they'd be like, bring that ass here, boy. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was too. So, uh, I don't. I mean, I. I mean, I wish. I wish Marlene the best of luck. Mhm. Uh, I, I don't want to put too much. In that one basket, knowing that you know, UConn is still alive. I re- I have a feeling that for women, UConn's going to take the whole thing. But mm-hmm. I have I don't know who, but for I have a feeling that UConn will take it for men as well. But like I said, it's anybody's game. But it's still a toss up. But I'm rooting for my team all the way. But there's, like I said, it could be another Cinderella story, story like it was last year for men. Mhm. Very interesting. And uh, it was so it's like actually, anybody's game. It's like it's, actually it'll got, be anybody's we game. We actually got, we actually got to move on now. Uh, All right. Carla, thank you for calling in. We appreciate. Well, you. thank you both. I really appreciate you having me again, and I'm enjoying listening. We're, thank we're, you. Oh yeah, no problem. Definitely come on back again. Oh, man.
did you? I, I just gotta ask. Did you see the clip that was going around the internet about the the lineman who was running and had a bit of a wardrobe malfunction? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't actually click play, but I just felt, I felt the same. Ugh, poor guy. But there's actually there's actually a few guys that stood out in this uh this weekend's combine though. One would be Noah Spence. Okay. Uh, Noah. I mean, I mean his combine. I mean, I was I was impressed. Uh, another one, Noah Spence. Who, those who don't know, Noah Spence is actually he's pretty much in everyone's top ten as far as the mock draft. He he's going to be one hell of a pass rusher in the league. Honestly. Tom Machade projects that he will end up going to the Jets. I don't see him falling that low. Unless the Jets do uh trade trade down. But looking at a few uh mock drafts, I mean he's uh he's right there in the top he's right there in the top ten. Uh another guy who I wanna say that really did stand out Gotta be Andrew Billings. Defensive tackle out of Baylor. Here's why. I mean, he he was projected as one of the best uh, defensive tackles coming out of college. Who's also a nose tackle. One of the, one of the few reasons why he's really stuck out. He really stuck out to me this weekend was for the past few mock drafts I've seen. Before and after the combine, a lot of these mock drafts had him going number twenty-one in the NFL draft. And champ, mm. do you know who holds the twenty-first pick in this year's draft? That would be the Burgundy and Gold. Exactly. Speaking of the burgundy and gold, as we transition from the combine to the other part of off season that everybody looks at, which is free agency and deal, you know, a lot of wheeling and dealing. As everybody knows, uh, the new league season begins one week from uh, Wednesday on March the ninth. But there's been a lot of wheeling and dealing, a lot of things going on. Uh, one of the main things that been people have been keeping an eye on is who is getting hit with tags. Uh, people, there are players either getting hit with franchise tags or transition tags um, as a means to put them, uh, put a con- some kind of contract in place, a one-year little contract to keep them on the roster. And in some cases, it's one of those, you know, one-year time for you to really prove yourself type of deals. Um, so I have a list right here of the individuals who got who have gotten tagged this off season, uh, starting off with Mohamed Wilkerson, the defensive end for the New York Jets. Um, they they have put the franchise tag on their their best defensive lineman. Uh, he would have been a top five free agent uh, free agent player because of his versatility and strength. But if yeah, he, he signs a sender, he would earn fifteen point oh seven million dollars. Uh, playing one more year in uh, in Gang Green as a defensive end for the Jets. Justin Tucker, the only kicker that has been franchise tagged uh, this season so far this off season, has proven to be one of the best kickers in the league, and he is going to be due four and a half million dollars, four point five seven two to be exact, um, if he signs his tender. They can't work out a long term deal. Now again, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good deal for somebody in his position as a kicker. Uh, offensive mm. tackle Gordy Glenn of the Buffalo Bills, he is he is um, going to get the franchise tag. He's gotten the franchise tag. Uh, he is evolving into, one, into a top ten left tackle and is a key part of the offensive resurgence of the Buffalo Bills under Rex Ryan. He will be due thirteen point seven million dollars. Alshon Jeffries, wide receiver for the Bears. Got hit with the franchise tag. 
Um, General yeah, Master Ryan Pace indicated last week that he wasn't going anywhere. So they franchise tagged him. Um, the only thing is his durability has come into question, so it'll be complicated to work out a long-term deal with him. But he will get paid uh, four and a half, almost four point six million dollars, uh, which is what will be his franchise tender. Uh, Josh Norman, no surprise there. He's going to be franchise tag as they continue to work out a long-term deal. Uh, no word on how much his franchise tender will be. Uh, defensive end Olivier uh, Vernon will also um, is the actual surprise in terms of the uh, franchise tag in the offseason. Uh, the Dolphins actually gave him the transition tag. They owe him $12.7 million in 2016, but he is free to be signed by uh, to a long-term team deal by any other team. Uh, they did the same thing with Charles Clay last year, and he ended up leaving the um, leaving the, uh, the uh, South Florida. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. He went to Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. Von Miller, no surprise there. The court, the MVP of this year's Super Bowl, gets the exclusive franchise tag. Um, this exclusive tag is the first for a non-quarterback since 2007, meaning that the teams cannot try to trade for Miller, and he gets a higher salary. The use of the tag for Miller means that uh, quarterback Brock Osweiler, as well as another player on the team, Malik Jackson, will most likely hit the free agent market. And with new possible news that Peyton Manning could retire pretty soon, that could be big news right there for Denver. Uh, of course, yeah, the non uh, Kirk Cousins, the Redskins quarterback who led the team to a playoff uh, berth and a division title, he gets the non-exclusive franchise tag, which is worth nineteen point nine five three million dollars, close to twenty million dollars, and. Cousins will sign the tender and show up to work under the tag, given the fact that over the previous four seasons, he only made $2.5 million. So the Redskins will get a chance to see if Kirk Cousins can play the same way he did the second half of 2015 in the 2016 before giving him a long-term deal. Uh, Eric Berry, Tremaine Johnson round out the top ten of individuals who have gotten tagged this offseason, whereas Doug Martin – Many people thought he would get tagged. He didn't. He is going to hit the open market next week. So somebody could be getting a very, very tough running back in their fold starting next week. Uh, tough and slightly injury prone. Uh, it's very rare to see a running back get tagged. It's the most. I mean, it's the most replaceable position in all of football. Hate to say it, but yes. Yep. You're right. I mean, right about running backs come a dime a dozen. So, a lot of teams are not going to overpay for a running back that could possibly get out of this year's draft for a lot cheaper. Very true. Very true indeed. Uh, you make a very valid point on that one. Uh, other free agent, other uh, free agent offseason news. Uh, the Atlanta. This was this was a, a shocking one, somewhat shocking, but somewhat not shocking. Um, the Atlanta Falcon Falcons are moving on from Roddy White. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, the announcement was made, uh, official announcement was, was made. White, who was a first round draft pick by the team in 2005 and has been considered the greatest receiver in franchise history, he. Um, went on to catch 808 passes for 10,863 yards, but his 2015 season ended very, very lackluster-like, only 43 catches and 506 yards and a touchdown. And the Atlanta Falcons decided to part ways with who was considered their greatest receiver. Um, Though Roddy White had expressed a lot of frustration with his role in the offense, but he also dealt with a lot of injuries and didn't play as much over the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see well, where Roddy White will land now. You're right. It will it will be interesting. But, I mean, the, honestly, I wasn't surprised because I started hearing reports on Roddy White might get released uh, as soon as the season was over. Uh 
this guy, this is a guy who hasn't, he who wasn't known to be the healthiest receiver in the game. Also, I mean, the moment they drafted Julio Jones, that was Roddy's replacement. I mean, Roddy's, he's at debt, thirty plus, that thirty plus, as far as age. And for the simple fact, I mean. This, I mean, this is a team that can still win without him. Excuse me. They still have other young receivers. They still have Julio. They have Leonard Hakerson, who didn't look too bad. They still have, I mean, they still have pieces. Plus, they can also draft another receiver. So, I mean, Roddy, you had a great, you've had a great career in Atlanta, but your time was up, buddy. I mean, I wasn't surprised by the move. I all coming. Yeah, another uh, move made by uh, the, was made by the Patriots. Uh, they have uh, released two pass catchers, Brandon LaFell and tight end Scott Chandler. Uh, Chandler's release comes after he failed a physical with the team. LaFell's release wasn't no surprise. He struggled this year um, after in 2014 hauling in a career high 74 passes for 953 yards. Uh, LaFell's had more drops. Only five players had more drops last season than Brandon LaFell, who was barely a factor in the um, past playoff run. Um, Scott Chandler only caught 23 passes for 259 yards last season and saw his role diminish down the stretch, especially with Gronk being healthy. Now, many people feel that uh, Chandler shouldn't have a problem finding, uh, uh, finding work as a support and character no. for a team looking for help at the tight end position. Uh, and LaFell's exit is uh, good news for fellow receiver Danny Amendola, who could probably see his role get increased if he is healthy. Uh, not only did they, uh, Patriots release them, but also Alex Mack has voided his the remaining three years of his deal with the Cleveland Browns and is going to test the free agent market. Uh, the Pro Bowl Center has uh, decided that um, the $8 million uh, annual salary, he's going to just void it out and see what he can get out there on the free agent market. Um, he had Again, he had an annual salary of $8 million on his now defunct deal, including $8 million guarantee. Uh, so we'll see how what, what goes with that. I mean, the Browns seem like a sinking freaking ship. But of course they are. I mean, come on now. I don't fall any... Any player that wants to get the hell out of Cleveland, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's no way up. I mean, this is a team that is very far from anything respectable. So 2015, this is a team that actually had the chance to win a, to make the playoffs. Then they fall, they failed miserably in 2016. So it's like, I mean, well, shit. I meant to say 2014. 2015, that's when they fail. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I mean, the Browns have been horrible ever since they, ever since 99 when they came back as a, as a franchise. I mean, two one of the seasons with one clever in almost, in shit, 17 years. Yeah. And uh, real quick, like a couple, like couple more here. We're gonna talk about uh, Buffalo cut Mario Williams on Tuesday, and he immediately leaped up to the seventh slot of the around the NFL's top ninety nine top free uh, top ninety nine free agents list on NFL dot com. Uh, here, are, here's who they think are six potential landing spots for the uh, the very uh, very strong defensive end: Dallas, Arizona, Oakland. Uh, the Giants, Philly, the Jaguars. Where do you think he'll go? And then we'll go into one last story before we get up out of here. Hmm. Honestly, I I want to say Jacksonville, but Jacksonville, if you look at their defense, it's a lot of you. I mean, the only veteran they have would be. Red Bryant. Honestly, he could. I mean, not, even though the Cowboys said they were not looking to 
bring in anyone to replace Greg Hardy and uh, Randy Gregory. Dallas could be, uh, be a good landing spot for him. Also, uh, why not Oakland? Because, I mean, if you really look at that defense, I mean, with Khalil Mack being a centerpiece of it, I mean, this is one, this is an Oakland Raiders team that's one or two years away from being a playoff team. And I say that, I say that with confidence. Like, the moves that they've made these past few years to get better. So, I mean, and honestly, Oakland could be a, Oakland probably could be his best fit for him. But, I mean, honestly, Mario Williams playing a three in a 3-4 technique, uh, I don't think that will be, I don't know, I don't think that will benefit him as much. I think he's more of a 4-3 Tampa, more of a 4-3 guy. I mean, hands in the dirt, straight pass rusher. Right. Right. And finally, looks like Philly is looks like Philly is putting all their trust in the future in terms of uh their quarterback position and Sam Bradford signing him to a two year contract extension, paying thirty six million dollars, twenty six million guarantees. What do you what do you what do you think about that? That Philly's gonna rely on Bradford to be their future quarterback for at least the next two years. Uh they must really see something in Sam Bradford to do that. Whatever that is, we're going to find out soon. Um, if you look at the career, if you look at the career of Sam Bradford, nothing about it stands out. I mean, this is a guy that struggled to stay healthy throughout the majority of his career, and when he is healthy, I mean, it's inconsistent. He'll come off and have a a game for over three three hundred plus yards. Then he'll go back to then he'll turn around and have a game where he struggles to get past one hundred fifty. I mean, to build a franchise, Sam Bradford is not that guy. However, with the new coach coming in, in Doug Peterson, as you might say, they that. are looking. They are looking to run the ball more. Not just more, but actually up the middle with DeMarco Murray. So if they can get that one-two punch of DeMarco and Ryan Matthews up and running, it might give Sam Bradford a, a chance to be okay or in a better situation. But honestly, I still don't see it being that much of an improvement because, I mean, it's Sam Bradford. He, right. he can, Sam Bradford will mess around with herself pitching the ball over to the running back. Oh, so, God. I mean, I don't want to <laughs> – I mean, I don't know. Okay. I mean, well, I as always, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, as always, we're going to keep an eye out on all free agency with the new league year starting next Wednesday. You know we're going to be on top of it. Uh, but I believe we're out of time, aren't we, there, my brother? Uh, oh, we got we actually get yeah we have ninety seconds left. Word. I had fun tonight. This is fun. Yeah, I did so. Um, yeah, even though the show started late. Um, sorry about that, but yeah, but I mean, we still got on. We still covered a lot. Uh, I want to send a shout out for Lady T for calling in. Listening, I know you hear me. Thank you. You're highly appreciated. Indeed. Um, I wish my friends well, would support and listen to my show. Okay, all right. I'm fine. Okay. Hey, follow them on it. Talk, I mean, talk, talk about the show so much that they had no choice to. <laughs> yeah. They'll do it eventually. Yeah. But, um... Might as well go ahead and do the uh, might as well go ahead and do the uh, rundown. I mean, yep. Tomorrow night we got mic check. DC's people's chant. Hey, that's me. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's chant. <laughs> Champ, 
Bishop Poison. Friday night we got his and hers. Bishop and the gang on that show. We hold it down Friday night and um Sunday we have the refresh. Yeah, buddy. We will see y'all next week. It's been real, it's been fun. But um the mask just my mask just kicked in and I am sleepy. Um so night night. Bye bye. Right. Oh, by the way, congratulations to T J Oshie of the Caps. He's been named to the World Cup of Hockey US team. Along with a few others, congratulations. C-A-P-S, caps, caps, caps. All right, good night. Woo! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.